Yo, welcome to Oh, You're in a Band, the podcast where we talk to musicians of today and yesterday and hear all the stories that you probably haven't heard about. This week's guest is the very lovely and talented Ren Gudino, who you may have heard with her current band or maybe you've seen some of her artwork. She's done a lot of cool and talented things all across the internet. Uh, And this is an interesting episode because it's one of the first people that I'm chatting with that I actually don't know very well. So we're going to get to know her about the same time that I got to know her, because I really didn't before this podcast. But it was cool because we had a lot of cool things in common, and uh, we talk a little bit about uh, musician imposter syndrome that we have a trouble with, uh, how we both have issues with playing shows late at night because we're tired we don't want to stay up that late. Or my favorite thing that I found that we have in common, when you have a band name that doesn't go over super well with the general public. So... That was kind of a fun conversation, but I will give you all a heads up. Her band's name is Luster Fuke. That's actually not what it is, but there's a story behind that, which is kind of funny to me. But when we're talking about her band names, both her current band and her previous band, if you are not a fan of the F word or the C word, well, plug your ears for just a few minutes because there's a whole lot of that in there because those are in both of the band names. There's a lot of words that go on this podcast, and, you know, there's not usually a warning beforehand, but I know a lot of people are kind of sensitive to both of those words, so I'm just giving you a heads up, but don't let that ruin the experience for it. It's a great chat, and I had a fun time, and I'm just rambling on now, so let's listen. All right. Ah. I don't know. Maybe I'll give up. Sorry, at some point, it'll just fall on the ground. It'll just be like, oh, okay, there we are. Yeah, fine. I just fuck it. I don't care anymore. That's the name of the game with this podcast. It's just, uh, yeah, fuck it. Whatever. (laughs) past year i don't care anymore i just fuck it I, I think that the feeling is mutual with so many things in life when you go to a job you go anywhere just i don't care i don't care just get through it just do it it's fun life is garbage everything's on fire just whatever what's <laughs> my like i went from a like a neurotic perfectionist to done is better than perfect to um done is better than anything just, just fuck it. Just <laughs> to, to fuck it. <laughs> Might as well. That's I just want to mark this off my to do. That's fine. It's done. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, how you been? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> the, the same vein of f whatever. Just do it. Yeah, it's going moderately. Every time I wear, I, I feel like I should. I feel like I don't have eyes when I wear my glasses because all I get is reflection of everything else. Oh, really? Is your is your prescription really bad or is it just the glass lens themselves? My prescription is really bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I, I'm like if I if I don't wear my glasses, well, if I if I, sometimes I wear contacts, but if I don't wear my glasses, then I have to be this close to see you clearly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, let's get back on mm. there you go that that'll work yeah my my prescription has gotten worse and worse over the years and i feel like i'm practically blind as soon as i take my contacts out everything is just blurry everywhere 
and it's awful. Uh, I've gotten used to if I don't have them in, but it's still, it's just like, I hate this, but I'm too afraid to get like eye surgery or laser surgery or anything. They're like, oh, it's quick and painful. Like, yeah, but they're burning your eye with a laser and you have to stare at it. I'm like, no, can't, can't do that. It's terrifying. That's, I, I would love it. Like, I think I would, I think I would like it because I can like feel and watch my eyesight just to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's like a sense of comfort, right? Because it wouldn't do that anymore if you just got them LASIK, right? Yeah. Or, but to, but to me personally, yeah, the fear is always there. It's like, well, what if they miss by a millimeter and then I'm blind in that eye? Or they go, whoops, here's we just, you know, burned off your nose or something crazy. I don't know. Yeah, the, the missing part and screwing up the eye forever is pretty scary. I usually wear my contacts, but I've been, I have a bad habit of sleeping in my contacts. Oh. Um, yeah. So it like started to affect my eyes. They were just hurting really badly. And I read somewhere that if you look at your, um, like you can look at your red, your, the veins in your eyes, mm-hmm. see how hydrated or dehydrated you are. And you can also tell like how dehydrated your eyes are and that they shouldn't be like close to your iris or pupil and so they were getting close and I was getting really scared <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely geez that's you know it's one of the things I guess you don't think about but yeah it's like you mess up your eyes that's it you can't you can't get an eye transplant you can't fix anything it's like you're done you mess up your eyes they're gone they're done I'm like oh okay I'm just Always. not the best the yeah. removing putting of contact so now where it used to be, oh, I'm going to put on my glasses just for the occasional, give my eyes a break. Mm-hmm. It's now, I'm going to put on my contacts for special occasions. <laughs> so. Well, whatever works. Yeah. Um, when I first, when I first got contacts, I was all about it because yeah, when I was a kid I had you know, just these giant, like bug-eyed glasses because that's all we had, you know, and I'm just like, I hate this and kids would make fun of me and everything. And then I get contacts. I'm like, this is the greatest thing in the world. But then, you know, I guess I didn't realize I can still get glasses that are smaller. So if something happened, I have just like an absolute panic attack about going to school with glasses. I'm like, can't do that because I'm going to get made fun of again. You know, and then years later, it's like, oh, you can get any kind of shape and size of glass. And I get the ones that they don't cover your whole eye. I'm like, this is great until you look down or you look up and everything's blurry. And then I throw up every 10 minutes. So it took me forever to get used to that. But just. There was a period of time where I did have like the big, like aviator style glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved them so much just because I felt like I had so much more peripheral vision <laughs> versus like the little rectangles, which I guess are more socially acceptable, but they, they do like it's, it's, you have to, you have to turn your you head for a window. Yeah. I hear you. The excitement of being visually impaired. That's, that's the best part of life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Um, before I go into a lot of things, I have, I have a very embarrassing and stupid question to ask, but it's only because I don't know you super well. We've only <laughs> met, we've only met like twice in person, maybe. And have we very... met. What's that? Have we met in person? Yes. When? at the i've met you at a couple of your shows and we did the 48 hour film festival together oh okay well wait 
because you added me on you added me on Facebook after that. That's that's how I that's how we got here. Wait, the one recently? Yeah, the one that was the um, what, what was the what was the movie about? The the baby shower one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You, <laughs> I all right. Forgot. Well, there well, we go. We're off. We're off to a good start then. My partner insists that we met at one of my shows, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I think that was funny because I thought you wanted to talk about music, but like show stuff. My brain is so like, don't forget to not speed up on this song. Don't forget to like arrange this song here. Um, and my hand is going to probably cramp after this song. So it needs to be followed by this song. But if it does start to hurt, remember that it's okay to just stop playing and kind of let the bass and the drums go because that sounds cool. It doesn't sound like I'm messing up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, it's so I just have like, no memories of like interactions really during shows i think because i'm in such a like constant panic <laughs> so, sorry no that's fine that is totally understandable because I, I i i've done a lot of the same ways but yeah no i i did i did meet you at um <clears throat> at one of your shows afterwards so that might explain why i was like hey Cause I came up, you guys, it was at, um, it was at Stickies. I came up to you guys, you were all eating. I'm like, Hey, it was a great show and everything. And you're like, cool. Thanks. And then just kind of turned away. I was like, all right, real cool. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might've been talking to somebody, but there was like a, I have like, so I have really bad ADHD. And that's partially why too, is like, I'll remind myself things over and over and over again. And I'm just kind of like in my head all the time. And if something else happens, I'm trying to like hold on to what I was thinking of before. Otherwise it'll just go and then I'll lose it completely. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I can't lose this thing. <laughs> so but there's been, there's other times where people are just like, you seem really disinterested. You were talking to these people and I came up to talk and, and then you like went back to talking to these people. And that was like, probably cause I would have like totally lost it otherwise. And I was like, I need to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. I figured you were busy. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. I, I know how that is. Or maybe she's just super starstruck of herself and going, yes, I know it was amazing. I don't need the, I don't need these peasant people that came out to watch me to tell me that I'm good. Uh -huh. I mean, there was a long period of time where I thought that anybody who said that was lying and that they were only saying that to like trick me. It's just like a, like a crazy, really deep imposter syndrome. But like any compliments, I would be like, why is this person trying to trick me? Why are they doing that? Oh, yeah. That, that, can, that can be tricky when you're falling in that When Yeah, most of the time, I, I like to believe in the goodness of people. Most of the time when people are saying nice things, they're being nice. But, you know, sometimes they're not. And then, yeah, you get that stuck in your head. You go, oh, I don't know. It was just a weird, like childhood thing it took a long time to work out that I think that like what helped was that was kind of thinking like well but if I'm making the assumption that that person is doing that with some type of malicious intent then I'm the asshole already I'm the asshole even if it's, I'm the asshole to myself because I'm just projecting this onto them and then being an ass to myself 
so don't want to do that. But then, so then, you know, realizing, realizing like, I'm not going to assume that people are being shitty when they're not. <laughs> um, but it just took a weirdly long time. And it was that, I mean, that kind of like thing has been a problem in kind of all of my creative pursuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, either they're trying to trick me or I, oh, I've tricked them. I've tricked, I've tricked you into believing that I can play guitar. I've tricked you into believing that I can play music and write music. And that was another one mm-hmm. where I was like, oh no, they're going to know that I've tricked them if I talk to them too much about music. <laughs> and it, it was really strange. I still kind of do it with art. I feel like with art, that's another one where I'm like, oh no, someone's going to know I'm not really an artist or I can't really draw. Um, it's, but I'm, but how I work on that is by telling myself like that might be true and it might not be, but it doesn't really matter because the reason I'm doing it is for myself. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, like maybe, maybe they will talk to me. Like maybe you and I will have this conversation about music and you'll be like, Oh yeah. They don't really know anything about guitar, <laughs> but ultimately I have to decide, but it doesn't really matter because it's still enjoyable <laughs> to yeah. play. No, I get it. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you have to have some kind of perspective, especially if you're doing some kind of performing arts or something of what, what's the reason I'm doing it for? Am I getting into this for the, the fame or the publicity or most of the time it's, I enjoy doing this. I want to do it for myself. Um, and as long as you have that as your core in there, it's like, Oh yeah, this will work fine because then you can have, you can, you can go from there to create goals of, Oh, I don't feel like I'm as good on this instrument or this part or whatever thing that I'm doing in here. So I have, I have a step that I can get to. I have a goal I can visually go to. Um, but yeah, that, that's me all the way. Cause I'm, not a musical person very much. I, I can poke around on the guitar and the bass and a few things. And despite being in a band for however long, I'm like, I've never considered myself a musician. So I'm always like, eh, but I, I'm doing it. Cause I'm like, I'm having fun. I'm doing this thing with my friends. I don't care what other people think, but then again, you know, times will happen. I go, Oh, I don't like that. They didn't like that or this, but you know, it's something that's a progressive thing to work on, but that's life in general, really. Yeah, sometimes people will come up and try to engage in conversations about my guitar or the pickup and the amp. And really, I like I asked other people who knew a lot about guitars and pickup mm-hmm. amps. And when purchasing was like, is this something that will facilitate my needs? This is what I'm looking for. And then they would give me really honest feedback like, well, it will do this very well. You might have trouble with this. Um, but you could adjust it with this and then, and then made those purchases. Um, so sometimes I just don't like, I'm, I'm like, Oh God, please don't ask me about my, <laughs> about my amp because I don't know nearly enough about it. I know what kind it is. Um, and I like the way it sounds and, uh, but I've, 
I've not ever, when it comes to musical equipment, I've not like geeked out as much on um, all of the information behind it as much as I have with other things that I think I don't, that I wasn't even doing as much, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I hear you. That's, that's fine too. And, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you questions like that because I don't know anything about that. And I have those, I have those same kind of fears. Everybody that mentions pickups on a guitar, I kind of know what that is, but I have no idea what it does or what it affects. I'm like, just, just give me a thing and I'll I'll plug it in and I can learn some chords. That's, that's all I've got. So I'm, I I don't know. That would, that'd be a disaster if I started asking you those questions and be like, what about the, Actually, yeah, no, that might even be good because I could ask you these questions. You could give me bullshit answers and I wouldn't know the difference. And then somebody else listening would go, neither of these two know what they're talking about. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I really like, I know humidity is bad for, for wooden instruments because humidity is bad for wood in general. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, I know basic basic stuff, what not to do, um, but not exactly what to look for. So if somebody was asking me for advice on guitars or amps or anything like that, I would be like, I have no no idea. I would direct them to the people that I asked, which were, I think, Andy War and Adam Fawcett, and then some other people. <laughs> if it's shiny, maybe it's good. I don't know. One of those things, yeah. Um. Then I guess, yeah, because like, like literally, like you kind of said there, I, I don't know you super well. Um, but the reason why I, I I'll, I'll start here, I guess the reason why I approached you in general, other than I just I'm reaching out to anybody um, that I have encountered or most of them are like people that I played shows with or other musician friends. I know uh, you're kind of a unique case in the fact that, yeah, I've met you and you added me on Facebook. I'm like, OK, cool. But you are one of the only people that I know currently that are still playing music, even though 2020 is kind of making nobody do anything. Um, that's a that's still playing shows, and that I've gone to see a local show in the last like five or six years uh, that I was super impressed with. And so here's me not not being like I'm not just trying to build you up here and anything and embarrass you, but I, I'll be oh. le- I will be legit honest when I say I came to see you guys. I'm like I don't know who this band is. I don't know. I've seen lots of local bands. But as soon as you guys started playing, I'm like, ooh, I like this. I'm liking this. And I've seen a lot of bands come through, and not everybody is like that. Not everybody's super great, but I'm like, I'm very interested, which is why I kept coming to some of your shows. I'm like, here's a band I want. And it's been a long time since I've done that. So I'm like, I need to talk to her when I get on this podcast. When she got That's done. awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> which band was it? Uh, I mean, your, your current one. Was it uh, Luster, Luster Fuck? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We want to play, but our the lead guitar just moved to Georgia. Oops. And so I'm trying to figure out what to do, like whether or not we should like try to play without him, or if I should find another person or not. Well, I mean, I guess that's that's a that's definitely a decision to do. I would hope that you'll continue, regardless whether it's with somebody new or in a different size. Because, like I said, I like I'm enjoying your stuff, and I hope you guys do come back because I wanna I wanna see you guys play again. That um, one felt 
that band, like that, like mix of people. It felt like it. I think that like, like whenever it comes to playing in a band, I feel like people either like, I never, I, I can't like, I'm never a person who is like, and then I want the lead guitar to do this. And then I want the drums to do this because I don't know enough about those instruments or how they work to like hear that, especially when I'm trying to like remember what I have to do. And I know there are some people who are so good at that, who are like, they, they can write a song and when they write it, they'll like hear all those other parts with it. And I can, I'll have like the idea of the song, like, oh, my guitar part is really repetitive. So maybe we should do a song that builds or has changes with the other instruments, you know, um, but in very vaguely like that. And I, I felt like that mix of people, they were just so good at hearing what should go where. And when somebody like the lead guitar does this thing, you know, the trumpet player was like, oh, then I'll do this thing. And it was just really neat to hear them just kind of magically fit themselves where it sounded right. I was like, oh, they're so good. <laughs> That's good. So it's, it's a really collaborative writing whenever you guys do it. It's not just one person. Everybody just kind of throws their two cents in. Yeah. I that's mean, always that's good. always like that's whenever I've been in different bands, that's how it's always been. Um, I can't I don't feel like I could write other people's parts. Um, the only thing that I'll say if it's like a a criticism would be like, no, this needs to have more of a build. So we need to do more or, oh, it's too busy in this part. So we need to do less. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the extent of my like direction mm -hmm. uh, yeah because I think that it should kind of mesh just naturally I, but I kind of feel like that about most things that I think that like when you're doing stuff with other people it's a lot of trust that like, hey, I trust you and your skills and your abilities um, to to know what's going on here. I'm just going to explain what I'm doing. And then if you feel like that makes sense to you, then let's just let's do this together. <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get far more diverse uh, options when you do something like that. Um, I feel like you can really tell the difference, especially if a band does it both ways. Sometimes you can tell a difference of one person wrote the majority of something for this song or this album or whatever. And then you get another one and you go, all right, uh, everybody is co-writing all at the same time. And there's definitely a difference. Um, and depending on how well your bandmates uh, are in sync with each other, it, it, it just, it creates like this, it just meshes together everything fits whatever and it's more fun that way because you're you're working with each other and you're making it happen um and then it's not so much a here's my song you just you're just here's my world you're just a part of it kind of a thing i don't know i it just it's neat it is neat it's a neat it's neat but then feels i can always hear when somebody leaves because like there were some songs that we did as spirit cunts and then when we did them as Lusterfuck, they had this really cool, different element to them. And I really, really liked that. And so I think that's part of the reason why I've been 
debating on whether or not we like figuring out whether or not we should find another lead guitarist. And I'm also not sure about my bass player. I think he's been really busy because during COVID he took up like a ton of side hustles, but also has his own music projects. Um, And so I don't feel like people are easily replaceable and So it'll just have to be like a, like an accept, an accepting of the evolution, but hoping that the evolution of it still has that same feeling that it did before. Like it doesn't have to sound the same, but I want the feeling to be the same. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Um, so hold, hold on, back up just a second. I think I think I've got a good idea of. of what's happening here but i'm just trying to make sure you said as as what did you you say the spirit cunts is that what you just said okay so is this has this been like one band that is a name and it's just kind of continued along over time changing and growing or is it just well no there was there was a band that i start okay so for grad school i wrote a musical okay how to keep bees and then after i wrote that musical we were like oh, we really want to play some of these songs still. So then I started a band called Spirit Cunts. And then I, that one, it just needed to die because the feelings that I felt when I wrote those songs and like the goal of that band was kind of like trauma processing for me. Like I specifically would go somewhere and like really trigger myself into a lot of childhood traumas and then just more immediate traumas and then write the songs. And then I would do that before every show to make myself have an outlet to like just scream and be really loud and kind of use it like sound therapy where I would feel like the sound of everything from the speakers move through me. And then I would imagine and visualize like all of the things that I was feeling being broken up by the sound waves. And then they're just kind of reached a point where it just, I guess it was successful. Like I didn't really feel like those situations were generating the same feelings anymore. Um, it wasn't like I felt like I had felt them as much as I could feel them. And so I needed to like, it just needed to be done. Um, But there were some songs that when I was in that band, I had written that weren't a part of that whole like cycle. I guess it's kind of when I was like starting to like, okay, well, I'm not really feeling these things anymore. So now I need to write things about, I just want to write things about other things. And, um, I took those ones to use in this other band, Lusterfuck. That are songs that like I had kind of wanted to like there's one called Lockbox. And in Spirit Cunts, it was more of a punk song. But when I would be at home and playing it, I would play around with the uh with the rhythm and I just wanted to make it so much more bluesy. And then I was like, can we just can we do it? Like it was a it was partially a joke. Like, can we please just bluesy up this song? <laughs> and 
I, we did for Lester fucking. It was just so much, so much fun. I don't want to say more fun because it was a lot of fun the other way too. <laughs> it's just like a new, like a, a new evolution that was like where it needed to be. Um, I think, and because it didn't need to be like angry anymore. <laughs> it just needed to be funner. Gotcha. So yeah, I, okay, I get what you're saying. So so it's not so much that it's been the same band. It's just you've you've you had a kind of a project. It's not so much a project. But it's like all right, we're I've overcome this here. I don't need to keep revisiting this, but I like these songs and they're carrying on over, but they they're still evolving with it. So that's cool. I've, I've seen that happen before. And that's, it's interesting. I've had friends, a friend of mine was in a band. I don't know if you know, do you know, um, do you happen to know Elliot Cotton? You know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been in, technically he's been in like seven different bands over the last decade, but it's practically the same one because it's always him and his songs, but he carries them. And every new iteration of the band, he'll have like three or four songs that he's like, okay, now it's going to be this. Now it's going to be this. It's the same song, but he rearranges it and all that kind of stuff. So that as soon as you're saying that, I'm like, that sounds like Elliot. That's an Elliot thing. Oh, I didn't know Elliot did that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've known, I've, in fact, I've been trying to get a hold of Elliot forever, but I think he's disappeared off of Facebook, but that's okay. Didn't he have a baby? I think he did. Yeah. And that, that might be another reason why he's just disappeared off the face here, because that's kind of more important. It's exhausting. <laughs> <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> it makes things very hard. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of which, okay, so <laughs> I'm still wrapping my brain around the, the spirit cunts, and then you go from spirit cunts to luster fuck. Both. I'm sure. I'm sure you've run into this because I I have very similar issues with with band names, but I'm sure you've run into maybe some faces or resistance when you're the people are like what's your band name and then you tell them they go oh i'm sure that's happened to you a time or two before right yeah and i had decided i'm trying to kill this mosquito hang on where'd it go okay i had there was a period of time where i thought about changing names but i kind of just realized that like if a venue or an audience was going to judge based off the name that it wasn't my audience exactly good this is this is great i'm came like a like i don't know it was just like a, a way to like nip that in the bud real early do you know what i mean oh, Where yeah. that way i didn't have to worry about it because it so I was just, just like, okay, cool. Well, now I know that they probably wouldn't like my music. So I'm just going to not play there. Yep. You know, the, this this is one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is like, A, getting to know people and then finding very common ground with people. I had the exact same thing and problem the entire time in my band. Uh, whether Because I don't know if you know about the band that I was in, but we're still in. Uh, the Throbbing Testicles, if you've heard of that. <laughs> no. No. no so there so there you go you can see i was running into the exact same problems and at first it was just a kind of a funny name and then we just kind of kept going with it and then eventually yeah same thing i'm like you know what i'm not going to change the name because a we're not gonna we're not shooting for record sales and, and superstardom we're just doing this because we're having fun with it and if anybody hears that name and goes well they're probably not going to like what we're doing so that just weeds them out right from the beginning and it's just much easier that way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They didn't want to. No, I just. 
like the, it was just it was a real it was a thing for a while that was like really really oh no is this bad was this a bad idea should we have an alternate name where if we want to play somewhere else but they don't want to like say it's an all ages spot oh that is a hornet uh -oh. um, no that maybe we can just go by that name just for that show and in Spirit Cunts, we used to joke that like we would just make up a new band name for every show. <laughs> like, what is we're gonna keep coming up with different ones over and over again, and, and no one will know who we are. <laughs> we'll just keep making it up. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's it's not like you didn't create two bands with two of the most abrasive words in the English language. It's not like you didn't just have that there. So you know, <laughs> Cunts was fun. Because the whole thing was, you don't have to have a cunt to be a cunt. You don't have to be a cunt to have a cunt. <laughs> Every time you say that, my brain's rolling. I'm like, do, am I going to have to cut bleep that in there? Because I'm like, probably not. But I'm just like, you know, it's like yeah. you, you go, you do a everybody has their own standards of where, what, what's acceptable, not acceptable to say in public, you know, and then you have, you, ha you have TV standards, you have radio standards, and then on the internet, it's just like anything flies. But then there's still that amount of like, there are certain words in the English language that when people hear them, it's kind of, uh, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> you just said it like six times in a row. I'm like, all right, figure that out. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm just, it's just funny to me because it's rolling in my head because like I'm picturing a handful of people that I know listen to this now, if they're listening to this episode, they're going, uh, uh, every time they get. <laughs> there was a, whenever, who is it? Shoog Radio. Whenever they play any of those songs, they'll, uh, they'll call us uh, Spirit Cooters. That which I think is really funny. It's just so funny. Cooter. My God. <laughs> they could have called you the Spirit Hoo-Haws. Well, and then for Lester, Lester Fuck, we had um, Michael, the bass player, um, Richard Michael Hall. He does music also, if you wanted to talk to him. Um, he, we talked about spelling it with umlaut and then just saying it's Lester Fuke. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes we spell it with a V, I think is the way we did for... Like we had to do that because we couldn't make a Facebook page or an Instagram page with like, you can't use profanity in your name. Mm -hmm. So we just spelled it with a V instead. Yeah. That's how I came across. And that's why I, I got confused at first. I was like, is it, is it just an ironically spelled name or do they just can't do it because it's on there? And I wasn't sure. So, but then, but then I went to a show and you're like, that's our name. I go, Oh, nope. That's just for that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't put it on there as, as a as a you with the full-on profanity no yeah. yeah we we ran into quite a few problems with uh uh venues or even when we were on the radio they're like no i don't know if we can say testicle i'm like why not why can you not say testicle and they're like i just just don't in fact years ago um i don't know if you remember they don't so much do it any much anymore but the edge um you know the radio station used to do uh, a local show every sunday night and i think they still do the show but the old host Tina would do an interview with a band every, every week. And when we don't, when we went on there, one of the first things she goes, I'm not entirely sure 
if I can say your band name on here, but we'll just go with it. And then she got it cleared, I guess. And then, you know, and then I made a super cut of it every time it's her saying that. And then later it was just like throbbing testicles, testicles, testicles. And just for like whole 10 minutes, I'm like, this is great. This is what I wanted. <laughs> so to each their own there, I guess, which, which speaking of which, let me get super confrontational angry with you for a minute. Cause I've been holding this in for a year because okay. obviously this is real. <laughs> the first, okay. So that first show that I met you guys at, that I saw you at was at Sticky's. In December of 2019, I went to go see P. Lander Z. Um, P. Lander Z, did, did you guys know who they were before you opened up for them? Have you ever heard of them? I hadn't heard of them before, but at, when I heard of them, when I saw that show, started looking up a lot of their stuff because they were just a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are on my short list of bands that I always wanted to open for because uh, with, with T3, my band, they, we, we were a comedy rock band. We did goofy things. We did all kinds of crazy stuff. They were a part inspiration. And there's not a whole lot of bands that we fit in with. We could mold our style to like, if we need to be heavier, we can go this way. If we need to be more poppy, we can go this way. But venues never knew what bill to put us on. That was one of the eternal struggles we had. But I'm like, there's a very small list of bands. I'm like, we instantly can connect with. And Peel Energy was one of them. In the entire 10 years of our run, they never came back to Little Rock. They came to Hot Springs, but it was always part of like the Valley of the Vapors. They went to Maxine's on a pre-build or something like that. And then here I see, oh, we're coming to Little Rock and Hot Springs two days. We're having local openers both days. I'm like, now we're not playing live anymore and I'm not going to get to do it. And I pop in and here you guys, I'm like, this stupid band. I bet they don't even know who they are here. They're opening up for them. So jealous, <laughs> super jealous. That's okay. That's all right. It works out. I was pretty stoked. But like it felt like such COVID felt like I there were so many there were so many bands that I was like so excited to like just get to play with, but like also felt not good enough to play with, you know, like, but it was like, it's okay. Cause I'm improving and, and every time we're improving and if they come back, then we'll be even better and they'll know it's like, and, and it's cause we can't do anything but improve if you keep doing a thing. And I, we had like five shows booked 2020 that like from the end of March, there was like two in April and then there was like one over the summer. And then I think one in September mm -hmm. and then everything got canceled and it just felt like, it felt like last year was going to be a year for music and then it was not yeah so. i think that 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 bummed out a lot of people just a little bit yeah and like having to figure out now now we've had a year and a half of not playing together so even if we all were here in town and all had schedules available then we would be it would be pretty rough at first. So it would still take a while before we could book a show or get ready for that, which is a bummer, but 
No, it's also needed. Like it's necessary. Cause I do a lot of, I have a lot of different creative outlets, but music, music is, it's like, it scratches a different itch. Um, it gives you the opportunity to just yell loudly into a microphone, um, which a lot of things don't do in a setting where people are into it. Um, when I started Spirit Cunts, that was one of the reasons there was so many feelings in Spirit Cunts is I had just had a baby and it felt like It felt like if I didn't change everything about me that I would be judged as a mother, like if I didn't change the way I dressed and the things I talked about, the way that I acted, that people would be like, can you imagine what she's like as a mother, you know? And so spirit cunts became, and practices were like, this is my one to two hours where nobody else fucking matters, you know, where it was like, no, this is for me and all the things that I can't express um, with like all my own shit, like my own childhood trauma, my mother's death, being a mother and like the things that as a parent you face like, how how do you raise a child now <laughs> with like screens being everywhere and wanting to be like oh I just wish I could afford to be off the grid and in the woods and have her raised that way but also knowing realistically that if she wanted a job she would need to know things about social media and media in general and the internet because other kids would other other kids would go into their freshman year of college or probably just be 19 and know how to do and to make and edit videos how to edit audio how to do full band recordings all on their own how to make their own music I mean, if you ever get on tiktok there's you know like 15 year olds that are creating entire albums on their own in their room, just apps that are pretty cool. And like, I don't want her to be behind, but I also don't want her to be affected by it, but that's going to be inevitable. So how do you give another human the tools to handle that as a child before they hit puberty? And then what's going to happen during puberty? Anyway, just a lot of like feelings. And it feels like music is the one outlet where you can just be frustrated and overwhelmed and angry at the changing world and release it. Just let it all out. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's definitely, uh, a very good reason to to be in a band or to play music and things because yeah you're right it's it's a unique way to express yourself in other ways that you can't there's lots of different mediums to express your inner passions or frustrations or anything uh, and to me personally music's always been one of my favorite ones 
um, because it's so raw and you can do it uh, just by sitting in your room with a piano or a guitar and do it softly. You can go be on a stage somewhere and screaming at people. You can sit on the side of the road. You can just put music out there. There's so many ways you can do it. And it's, it's cathartic to just, it's there, it's real, it's raw, or it's synthetic. It's, it's however you want to do it. There's so billion different ways to do it. And it can be, it can be personal. It can be public. It can be performance. It can be just you humming out, but it's creation and it's all in there. And it's just fascinating. That's why I like, that's why I like talking to people about it. It's interesting. It is interesting. It's its own, I don't know. It's its own thing because it's, it's a, music is so bizarre because you'll write a song and then you're repeating that. You're just repeating the thing you've already created. And, and then it's like up to you how you perform that, you know? And so I like the theatrical aspect of it. Um, like writing something that makes you feel something or nothing, even if it's more comedic. Uh, we did build a band in, I think 2019 was when we did the, the build a band. Do you ever do those? No. What, what is that? So much fun. It's a whole bunch of local musicians just all kind of like throw their names into a hat and then they do random drawings of like three and four and you make a band and then we played a show at Whitewater. Oh, wow. <laughs> in your and everyone like your goal is about 10 minute to 15 minute set, you know, like try to have two to three songs done. Um, there was one that, and, and then it's fun too, because a lot of the time we'll try to like switch up instruments. So like the last one, the build a band that I did, I was on the drums and I played the flute and the drums. And then I sang some harmony, but mostly did drums and flute. And, um, Daniel, his last name I can't remember right now, but he's usually a drummer, but he played the guitar and sang. And it, it was fun to like, there was one song that we did where he had jokingly said during a practice, something like, um, what's your favorite animal? And then I said that like, that should be the song, just the whole song, just what's your favorite animal and then list animals. <laughs> And then for the bridge, we can all just make animal sounds. <laughs> That's great. I, I wish I had thought about that in one of our songs. That's fantastic. And we did it. I'll send you the Google Drive link because it's really funny. <laughs> definitely. I, I definitely want to hear that. We did it, but every time we practiced and played it in just in the practice room and then playing it, it was always just so much fucking fun. It was so much fun. And funny every time and it didn't have to be the same words and it was just really nice like loose feeling of like yeah just whatever fucking happens happens and it'll be funny and fun and as long as it starts and ends relatively together we're okay <laughs> there you go <laughs> the spirit of amusement um wait so you just mentioned you played on there in, in there briefly you did drums and flutes so what what all instruments do you play like what what's your background there um started with piano and uh i was really little i just learned by ear and then when i was i guess about like 11 had used money that i'd saved up from birthday cards and christmas cards to get myself 
shitty acoustic guitar from a pawn shop. So then I started learning guitar. Um, but then in school, once you have band, um, I did for junior high band, I did bassoon. And then in marching band, when you're in high school, I did bassoon all through concert. And then for marching band, um, they switched me around what they needed so that I played uh, trombone and flute and saxophone. And then mostly stuck on tenor sax. And when I went to college, I really wanted to learn the violin. So I started teaching myself the mandolin because the fingerings are the same. Mm -hmm. And the size is similar, but it just wasn't something I like. I guess got very quickly. Um, I also started noticing that like if I played the mandolin too much, that it started to make it much harder for me to know what I was, it would like mix up my chords on guitar. And so I was like, I'm not good enough at guitar to try and learn mandolin. (laughs) And I played bass in a band in high school. And then I did, I was very Catholic. So I did uh, the youth mass, led the youth mass music with mm-hmm. guitar. Um, yeah, and then and then later I had to sell a bunch of instruments because of money. Um, but mostly, like, I have my keyboard. My keyboard's still the same keyboard I got freshman year of college. It's been through a fire, and it's been through rain. Wow. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it still plays, but it has different issues. Um, but mostly I, I've been sticking with guitar, mostly because I was in another band uh, called Mr. Tad. It was one of my first ones. And it was all with me on piano. But having to take the keyboard everywhere and set that up and sound was always difficult. Um, it was just a hassle. And I just never wanted to be traveling with my keyboard anymore it also kind of sucked because i didn't want to it's like i couldn't do fun side of the road type things like oh i'm traveling and i'm just gonna whip out my instrument i can't so i was like i'm just gonna move a lot of these to guitar and then just stuck with guitar since then um but yeah like for spirit hunts there was one song i did the drums on um another person in the band played the guitar and like screamed in it and I did the drums then for the build the band I did the drums and the flute which was wow that is that is quite an extensive list of instruments even if even if you don't feel like you are or aren't super proficient at all and the fact that you can say hey I've touched these instruments and I know how to play them that's that's very impressive that's fantastic well a lot of them or anybody that's listening that wants to know but saxophone flute and um clarinet will all have the same fingering so it's yeah. like once you get the embouchure down you can yeah. pretty much transfer it all back and forth how come huh. i could because i did saxophone for so long and i was like oh this is the same thing <laughs> so and why didn't i ever transfer to saxophone and band because i played clarinet and i hated it and I could have been in the saxophone with my friends, but no, I was in the clarinet and with, with, with all the girls, which you'd think is like, oh, this is great. But no, when you're in high school in band and you're just sitting in the all girls section, it's not, hey, I'm with all the girls. It's, 
hey, there's the one dude hanging out with the girls. What's going on? It's, it was different. So I'm like, oh. but I could have gone to saxophone, but no, I guess not. That's okay. Not- I was terrible at clarinet, so it doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> then maybe you can't pick up a saxophone. But if you did get a saxophone now, you could, I'm sure you would be like pretty quickly just be able to like, oh, this is the same as clarinet. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's if, if somebody were to hard press and ask me where the notes were on the clarinet, I'm like, I don't know. Cause it's been almost 20 years since I've touched a clarinet. So I'm like, eh. but <laughs> that's fine. Because once we got into marching band, I stopped playing because clarinet during marching season was useless. There was no reason to have a clarinet on the field, but I'm like, I'm part of the, uh, the, the whole diagram here. So I would pretend like I'm playing and I would just memorize where I'm going. And then if I picked, if I played any notes during the whole time, great. But otherwise you can't hear me. Because we, we always get delegated to like third trumpet part is what we were playing on the field. So I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I did tenor sax. And most of the time it was like the same as the baritones. So it was like, uh, so like a true brass instrument <laughs> is, is already playing this, this part. But you got to make pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I loved marching band, but it stressed me out. Um, every year I would have the same reoccurring dream because we would have, um, marching practice for like a month before school started to kind of get you ready so that the first home game we're ready to do something. Um, I would always have these stress dreams that I was at marching practice and the band director would call me like, why are you laying down? And so I would sit up in bed half asleep and he'd like, get an attention. So I'd get a pull my instrument out and he's like, march. And so I'd start marching in bed half awake and then I'd wake up and look around and go. Oh man. And I'd lay down and immediately go right back into that dream. And I'd sit up again. I would do this six, seven times a season. And I hated it. I hated it so much. We had a pretty, I did March band in hot springs when I went to lakeside and that band director was like notorious for being pretty, pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Like, getting really mad at everybody and throwing a chair off the press box. And like, um, if you didn't have your dinkles, then you had to, do you not know what dinkles are either? What's a dinkle? <laughs> My partner didn't know what dinkles were either. Dinkles are the shoes, the shoes that you wear. We just wore tennis shoes. No, we had to wear our dinkles. But if you didn't wear your dinkles or sneakers. I'm I know. super mature. Every time you say dinkle, I'm just like, <laughs> no, I know. Cause Kagan, my partner kept asking me to, he was just like, what the fuck is a dinkle? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to look this up. Now. I don't know what a dinkle Yeah, look is. it up. It's marching band shoe. <laughs> dinkles. I'm afraid of searching dinkle. I don't know what's going to pop up. But if you didn't have like, if you were wearing flip-flops or sandals or anything like that, he would make you march barefoot. On oh, the no. where, where would you wear sandals when you're marching? That's not a marching shoe. And so some kids like got burns, burns on their feet and they had to go to the hospital. And so he had to like provide basically like the borrowed dinkles, like the old crappy dinkles. They had um, to wear. Them. Okay. I see. They have these, I bet these, these are fancy looking shoes. No, we didn't have to do that. Ours just had to be a certain color. Really? Yeah, we just had, I think we just used white tennis shoes because that was part of our marching thing. Oh, we all have matching dinkles and like the wool uniforms. Yeah. It sucked. (laughs) Yeah, that did no good because the first 
like um, two months of marching season, it's still like a million degrees outside. So you're dying in them. And then you have like two or three weeks where like the temperature was perfect for them. And then it would get, you know, back when it used to get cold in late September and October, uh, and then we'd be freezing to death because these things are like paper thin. So I'm like, it's, it was a nightmare every time. And they're like, go out and march in the field, but you can't feel your fingers and you're blowing in your instrument and then the spit freezes and you're like, well, we're done here. This isn't going to work. They're all out of tune anyway. It's yeah. so <laughs> like parades were the worst. Oh, I hated being in the parades. That sucked. That was the worst. I, I loved marching band. I loved going to the games and having fun. But when they, when I had to go on like on a Saturday to march in a parade that I didn't want to be in, I just, I was like, this is not fun. Cause it was either this again, it'd be the fair parade, like in, the end of August, or it would be like the Christmas parade in December. So both of those extreme temperatures, I'm like, I hate this. This is, this is not fun. Both of them sucked. It was just, neither of them, none of them felt good. (laughs) No. And you're always waiting for somebody because inevitably somebody in the band falls down and then knocks other people down and you shouldn't laugh at it, but you kind of would. You're just like, that's the most exciting thing to happen here when a whole like four lines of people are like, I'm a terrible human being. I don't know. <laughs> With not being able to do live music and things and that kind of taking a break since because of COVID, I was going to say, are you throwing more time into your art projects? You've got, um, uh, you've got a, your Facebook page, Grunge Granny, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Um, I probably need to niche it down a bit. I just make a bunch of stuff, make a lot of things. Um, been embroidering and sewing and book binding and paper crafting and sculpting, just, just kind of making anything that feels right in the moment, um, which is a lot of different stuff because different different mediums feel different. It's kind of the same as like, like instruments and music, it's like, uh, I'll really like layers. And so then I'll just be way into collaging for a bit and then painting on that and then doing mixed media. And then I'll be like, no, I need something more textile. And so I will start embroidering or sewing. And then from there, sometimes it's like, I get frustrated. Like There just comes a point where I'm kind of bored of it and I don't want it to just be a thing that takes shape with repetitive stabbing and it needs to be something that can be like pushed and that's when I'll want to sculpt because I think that that's really cool to see how different things can take shape or how different things can be created with with just various media I did I did finally go through like a really intense purge because I do go around and try too many different kinds of mediums. And so I was like, okay, I really need to call this down. I need to stop trying to learn how to do everything and start being more particular. Um, just Plus realizing that with myself, like I can already tell that I'm gravitating toward the same kinds of things. So I just need to like have my supplies just be for that. So did do that for a bit kind of like you mentioned earlier it's it's as long as you find some kind of an output for whatever creative process is 
it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something textile, it could be something physical, it could be something musical or writing or anything in there. And it's just a matter of finding what, what, like you said, scratches that itch there. And it sounds like you've got multi facets where you can do that, which is not something that everybody has. Sometimes it's like, what can I do to get this feeling out there? You have like this avenue or that avenue, but it feels like you've got feelers just about everywhere across the medium and you're looking around and getting it. Try it, kind of. I mean, I think it's like a, well, like, okay, so in order to promote anything, you have to like do social media, right? Um, but I think doing that, doing TikTok and I guess Instagram somewhat is good because it like makes you practice video editing and photography editing and then just photography in general and then making listings on a shop you know um being like okay like well what's what's the photography that's going to do what i need it to do same with video like what's the the shots that will achieve what i'm wanting to achieve and and so it's like each thing kind of leads to another thing Mm -hmm. where like, okay, say I embroidered something and I think it's really pretty. Well, I can only show it to other people via social media. So now I need to know how to photograph well. And now I also need to know how to plan out a video and edit that video well um, and reduce it down. And it kind of seems like you have to nowadays know how to do all of that stuff to do because I do I sell I sell what I do so like I so it feels like you can't just make one thing without having to know a whole bunch of other skills as well and to be constantly improving on all of them and I guess the only good thing about that is is that with social media it's a numbers game where the more you post the more you grow and the more consistent you are the more you grow so the only thing that can happen is that you improve you know like yeah. surely you got your photos will just get better your videos will just get better and so that's kind of cool it was always hard to do that with band stuff where it was like how do I get people to come to a show how do I get people to know that I'm having a show um, because on social media, you'd have to have consistent posts in order for your posts to show up in the first place. But if you're like, what are you gonna do? Just make 15 flyers of the same show or, you know what I mean? Trying to find creative ways to like talk about what you're doing and keeping it interesting for people is it's just like a whole other aspect of creativity that is tougher because it's like creativity and marketing and so I think I have trouble with motivation and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why music and band stuff is always so much more feels like more of a release is because the priority isn't on the marketability of it for me for music it's just what we're just gonna we're gonna play music you know people will like it and or they won't and if they don't then they don't have to come <laughs> and if they do then i hope they'll come again 
Um, and so, cause we never, the band was never like intended to achieve like a stable income from it or anything like that, you know? That wasn't the goal with music, which I think is why it it gets to stay something fun. <laughs> Money gets in the way of everything. It really does. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's always been the uh, I think the eternal struggle on the on the local level of things uh, for any medium, but yes, music especially is yeah. How do you get your how do you get the word out there? And it's like word of mouth kind of has to do it now with, with social media being what it is you have to get out there but then you're fighting with algorithms you're fighting with other groups and, uh, and attention spans and all these kind of things um and i always feel like i'm dating myself on this um because i feel like i'm an old person at this point um because you know when when we were in the heyday of, of our doing stuff this was in like 2009 so this is over a decade ago facebook was just barely trying to compete with myspace um because myspace is where we did that's where we did all of our stuff there um but even then myspace wasn't a good indicator of like it didn't have ways to you just you just added people you see them in their top eight you added somebody else and so most of the time when we're like well what do we do to to promote this we would literally yeah print out flyers and walk around downtown Little Rock and stick them but that doesn't help either nobody's looking at flyers nobody in the history of mankind has ever looked at a flyer and go oh yes i want this they don't want a flyer they're just gonna it's here it's basically here you throw this away Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that's, it's one of those, those tricky things that you have to, uh, find a way to get it. But I like how you're saying, yeah, you, you, you do the best you can and the people who hear it, you hope that they come back. And that's really what matters in there. Like you were saying in the beginning, doing this for fun, it's your enjoyment. You're getting out there. You're hoping people will latch on to what is being enjoyable for you to bring them back. Um, and at least in my opinion, because I feel like I've done it, uh, the stuff, at least your music that I've heard of yours is doing that. Brought, not that I'm an important person, but that's, that's what drew me to it. I'm like, I like this band. I'm interested in learning more. I want to keep seeing. So I, you know, added you guys on Facebook. I'm like, when are they playing shows? Unfortunately, COVID hit and that shut all that down. But I was looking forward to going these when they were there. And hopefully you guys do reconvene and play more music. Cause I would love to hear, I'd love to hear more. I'm glad that you did that, that you like actually found the pages and stuff like that, because I would tell people, are there people who would like see a clip and then be like, Oh, that's so cool. Let me know when you have another show. And I just like, no, I won't. <laughs> I don't have the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, it, it's like, I'm, like like I have my own I have my own shop which is just grungegranny.com and I have to be perpetually making stuff and and promoting things and like I'm trying to have 3 to 4 hours of video editing a day but I try to do three posts on TikTok and three posts on Instagram which involves photography and other short clips and also video editing and that's on top of the stuff that I'm already making scheduling the band and the posts for those things takes another bunch of time and I just thought it was remarkable the amount of people that are like send me a message whenever you're playing another show because I'm like why wouldn't you go to the pages that I'm specifically like working on to make sure people know this information 
And there are ways on those pages to get notifications whenever we do post on it and on Instagram and on Facebook. And it would be like, well, I don't really do Facebook. And then it was like, well, I don't really do personalized newsletters via messenger. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't do that. And I guess I could just make a group one day and just obnoxiously like be like, all right, this is when the show is. Don't forget. And then again, (laughs) don't forget this is the day the show is. Just make a big group chat of the people who have said, let me know individually. But I also feel like somebody who isn't going to be looking for updates on when we're playing isn't going to be somebody that's going to come if I messaged them. Oh, yeah. Every, every time. The people who are like, let me know when you have another show. And you're like, okay. And then when the show comes up, you're like, we have a show. And they go, oh, yeah, I can't make it. Or, oh, I'll be there. And then later it's like, oh, sorry, I forgot. Because they're not going to be there anyway. And you're like, thanks a lot. Cool. Yeah, like it's definitely, it's always, it's just been like a, it had to be like a boundary, I guess, like a, an emotional boundary, but also like an energy and time boundary. Cause I used to, I used to be like, oh, okay. And I would write it down like in my planner to message so-and-so and so-and-so because they told me to let them know about our shows and would, but they never came. So it just became very evident that if I made a flyer and posted it on Facebook and then I would regularly post it on Facebook and share it from the band page to my own personal page over and over. Sometimes I would tag them in that um, if I shared it onto my personal page and the same with Instagram, like post it on Instagram and then post it to the story and then just sometimes send the story. Um, But it's, always been people who are just actually keeping up on their own because they're genuinely interested. And I feel like people that are genuinely interested will do that. I know I do that. Like if there's somebody that I, well, I hope that their stuff pops up for me first off. Um, But sometimes I do have to make like a little note in my planner to say, oh, I need to see when so-and-so might be playing around here again, or I need to see what so-and-so's like show schedule is so that if they are close, I can try and go and see them. You know, it, I don't know. It's just a strange, I was talking about this yesterday, how like cultural differences about the responsibility of the speaker and the responsibility of the listener and how when I was taking Japanese in college, we learned that in Japan, it is the responsibility of the student to receive the message that is conveyed. And it's not on the teacher at all to express that message successfully or not. Like it's, they express it how they express it. And if you got it, you got it. And if you didn't, then that's on you. And in America, it is the responsibility of the teacher to make sure that their message is successfully conveyed, which also sucks because sometimes your students just don't care. (laughs) So like you can trial all sorts of different methods and then they, they determine it by testing, you know, state testing where they're just like, Oh, well then you must be a crappy teacher when it's like, no, maybe they are a wonderful teacher. Maybe these specific topics weren't the things that were engaging their students or, you know, and, maybe that's the challenge, you know, find out how these topics can be 
engaging. Maybe they taught them something else really well, but how it's really both, you know, it's the responsibility of the speaker and it's the responsibility of the listener. And I feel like that's the same when it comes to people who are like, support your friends that are musicians, support your friends that have small businesses, support your artist friends. It's not that person's responsibility to let you know individually what they're doing. It is their responsibility to give updates in general. Like, <laughs> like if they don't do that, I've, I know, I know musicians and artists who will say something in passing, maybe do one Facebook status on it and then be like, why didn't anyone come to my show? <laughs> Where I'm like, what? <laughs> you didn't do much there. No. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't understand why you think that people would, I don't know. Like that, that's, and that's not on anybody that's that's on the algorithm but you have that's why you have to continually promote but it's also not like it just has to be like a joint effort like we we need to go and look at our friends with small businesses our friends that are artists our friends that are musicians and and see when they're doing the things that they're doing so that we can go and support them that's just such a ridiculous request to like let them know you up like one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> sorry for the rant <laughs> no that's fine i i hear you i have i've experienced it i know it 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 happens all the time and it's it's annoying as hell but it's it's how we are as people uh there's always going to be that person that wants you to go the extra mile but is not going to reciprocate but the people who are genuinely interested in what you're doing they will take the time to seek you out so it's a matter of uh you can stretch yourself, but you can't stretch yourself too thin. Um, that's, I think that's just good advice uh, in general in life, no matter what, whatever it is that you're trying to get out there. I, you, you can't bend over backwards for everybody. Um, and the other people that say, Hey, remind me, remind me, remind me, are just going to sleep through it. And they're just jackasses anyway. So it is. <laughs> well, there's also apps that remind you. Yeah. <laughs> If you have an like iPhone, that. it comes with reminders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in general, uh, I, I feel like I have learned a lot today. I, I feel like I get to, I've gotten to know you a little bit better, and I'm really glad about that. And, and I'm not kidding. When I, when I, I it, it just feels weird to say, because I keep thinking, like, I'm not, I'm not a ton older than you. I don't think I am. Like, I'm, I'm 36, so I don't think I'm that much older than you. 32. Okay. So, so not a lot, but, in, in as far as and I've I've because I'm talking to friends about this lately. As far as musical groups and things go, I feel like I'm a different generation than you. Is what it feels like, and that that's that's a weird thing for me to say, but it's it's from I played we played consistently from 2008 to like 2012, and then we played sporadically since then and then not. But bands have come and gone since then. So I'm like, that's what it feels like a generational thing. And it's, it's not, I don't know, the better way to describe it. That was an um, Yeah. But since I hadn't played in a long time and I've always, wa I always want to keep going back to music. I've got like a song list on my wall right here of like solo songs that I just have sat at and stared at for like four years. And I'm like, eh. um, but then, you know, and I would go to shows because nobody comes through here that I want to see hardly ever. Um, but I'm not kidding. When I went and I saw you guys, as soon as you start playing, I'm like, oh, this is a local band that I like. This is a local band that sounds good. And it, it, it of like 
I want to play music again. I want to do things again. And it popped up. This is exciting. So I'm very glad that. And then that, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Then COVID happened. And it's like, well, Robert, this is a perfect time to do this in your house. And I go, no, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing instead. Um, but it was, it was, it's, it's an, it's a neat thing that, that it, it re-sparked a, a musical itch in there that I'm like, I want to do this again. And I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I can, um, pull a band together and play live again but it made me want to why not because i mean i could find other people i guess but maybe it's because um with us everybody was in a in a different part period in their life where people are marrying and having kids and and it's super hard to get everybody together but the main thing probably is our drummer passed away a few years ago in a car accident and so yeah after that i'm like ah it's it's it was one of those things of like do we continue going on? Do we create a new name? Do we get a new drummer? And it's just, it's, that's a question we still haven't been able to answer for the last few years, but yeah, mostly it's just being old and adults and lazy and nobody can get together because everybody lives all across the state now. So. And that's real too. That's what's like been like, we, you know, before COVID we had different jobs after COVID. Now we all have different, things um and it's been hard to like get anybody together because of that like it's like well okay well what are we doing about money what are we doing about these things for daily life and whatnot and then getting stressed out about that um and i i want to get together and practice i like we'd already talked about it and we we're all stoked about it and then it kind of became again like like my daughter's in summer camp now and I've gotten really, really adamant about having a pretty consistent schedule, which is partially why I forgot like about <laughs> this today was because I'm like, I need to have three hours of editing and two hours of this and then one hour of this. And then I got to go get Lizzie. And then once she comes back, that's going to be the time that I work on these things because it's okay for me to work on these things while she's around. Right. Um, and I've been pretty proud of, of doing it, but I've also been going to bed really early so that I can work toward waking up at five. I've been waking up this morning. I woke up at five 30. And so I'm trying to very slowly, I did six o'clock for a bit and then five 45 now I'm to five 30 and until my body adjusts to that and my body adjusts to going to bed earlier then I need to do that. Cause that was another thing I was thinking of was like, well, shit, what if I play a show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, there was a, I can remember there was a night where we played at Maxine's and we weren't playing until like 1130. Wow. And it was, and I was like, we're not going to play until 1130. That means our set's not going to be done until about 1215. We're probably not going to get paid until about 1230. We're going to load up the car and hopefully have that done by about 1245. And then we have to drive back to North Little Rock. And I'm not going to get to bed until two. And it just sucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just it gets so fucking tired. I'm just yeah. like, and there's no way to like, I think it's really hard to be the parent of a little kid and, and do it and like maintain like an active playing live music lifestyle my rule beforehand was already let's not play more than one local show a month um 
let's try to aim for two tours a year, but they, but because they have to be weekend tours where we just go on like maybe Thursday and come back Sunday, you know, um, and trying to do just like little corners for like, okay, three days here and then three days here, but it's just like really fucking hard. It is. It's, it's super hard. Um, trying to balance, uh, being in a band and playing shows because that's a whole different world than the real world of I have a job or I have family (laughs) thing and they don't mesh super well. Uh, and then as you get older, you go, well, yeah, when you're younger, maybe in your early twenties, you're like, hell yeah. All right. We'll, we'll headline at 11 o'clock. That's fine. No, no. Anytime we would get like a show and they're like, do you want to open or do you want to middle? I'm like, open. I want, I want to be the first band. I want to play at eight and be done by eight 30. And then if I want to leave, I'm home by 10. That's what I want. And later on, it's like, no, you're, you're playing at like 1030. I'm like, no, please. No, I don't want to do that because yeah, it's, it's late. I'm tired. Nobody's going to, nobody else wants to stick around and sit, sit at a show that late. And you're just like, just, I'm, I can't do it. Do you know Shell Shag? No. Oh, they're, they're fucking amazing. They, uh, I'm gonna write that down. Headlined, um, at do you hear we, which is this, punk festival in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we played earlier on the day that they played. And I had seen Jen Shagawat, who is, they're a, they're a lovely duo. I love them so much. They're just really, really wonderful people. Um, and I think that they're both in their forties. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I had said something about her playing, just being like, Oh, you played a night, right? And, and she had said, yeah, at like one, at this point, that's like a dare. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel that like, I feel that now real hard, just that like, you want me to play when? <laughs> like, what time? You want me to have the energy to like, this is another thing is like, usually by the time I was at a show to play the show, I was so tired. That's why I was like trying to remember all the things I need to remember. It's like, at this point, I'm already exhausted and I haven't even gotten on stage. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's just, I feel like live music is not, is not made for, for, older people or people with families no it's, it's, not. it's the opposite of that <laughs> it's such a bummer it is because yeah you, the, the fire is always still there but the uh the body says nope <laughs> when i come home from work i get home i immediately put on pajamas and that's like at seven o'clock six o'clock i'm like it's we're done here so over the years i can't imagine all my friends are like oh we're doing a cover set at lucky's we're doing a cover set at thurston howell or whatever i'm like oh, okay yeah, we have to do like four sets and it's going to be like a six hours or whatever. I'm like, all right, you know, when are you guys playing? Oh, we start at, we start at uh, 11 and we end at 4 a.m. I'm like, oh, I'm not coming to that. I, and I'm like, how do you do that? And they're like, oh, it's great. We're up all night. I'm like, no, that's, I don't know. That's just me. I mean, if, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. I am, I would never make it as a big time rock star. Never, 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 never. I would be the most boring person ever. I'd play the show. I'd be back on the bus asleep. I'd be like, come on, let's get this show on the road. Let's get out of here. I'd just be awful. 
I'd be up at seven o'clock, you know, like let's go for a jog. And everyone's like, no, no, just, I would be a terrible rock star. I know. Like it, I, if we ever, not that like I'm aiming for that or even trying to, but like <laughs> I, if I imagine myself ever in that kind of situation, I always wonder if it's possible to headline at 8 PM and have the other people go after because would the I mean why why not why would that not be the ideal because then the people that you've paid to see you 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 should be there for them early and if you're late then you're late and then you know but then if you want to keep the party going because you spent money to be there then watch the other bands and enjoy the fuck out of them and (laughs) do that but I want to go to bed (laughs) I got, I got some friends that they, they were in a band, toured all over the place, did a bunch of things, but they were based out of LA and all the time when they would come back to LA to play a home show, um, they would invite this other band that was friends of theirs out there. And they're like, you guys want to play a show with this? And like, absolutely. And like, all right, well, you guys are going to play last and we're going to play earlier for that same reason. They would go and they'd do that. And then their friends get the feeling of we're playing on a big show. We're headlining. Um, and unfortunately, it's like, well, whoever's left is who's going to see them because usually everybody leaves by then. But they did the same thing because, like, we don't want to play at 11 o'clock. We're just we're tired. We don't want to do it. And it's just it's that weird. is a bummer, though, that people leaving like don't leave. Yeah, I hated that. We, we did a show once uh, at the village um, and we played second. And it was the guy uh, that ran it was putting all his money in um, to do this big show because you know you know you could just rent out the village um and he was it was a big thing he put like thousands of dollars into promotion and renting the venue and doing all these things and since it was their show they were going to headline i'm like great no problem um the band that opened the the very first thing is like that was their first show ever so they had like a small handful of friends we had a huge crowd of our people there and then when we got done a lot of our people left and the band after us had their crowd of people then they left and so by the time uh, the, the guy that paid for everything got up there. He was so excited because throughout the whole night, there was hundreds of people there. He played oh, to a, yeah. a crowd of like 12 people and it was mostly the other bands. I felt awful. I'm like, uh, as soon as his set started, I'm like, we just need to go ape shit and, and dance around for this guy to make them feel better because there is nothing worse than nobody being in your crowd, but nobody being in your crowd in a giant venue. That's just an awful feeling. That's also one of the things too, though. It's like, if you're planning shows, know your audience. Like, how old are these people? What are their jobs like? You know, don't have somebody go on at a time that everybody will leave. <laughs> I know that the goal is, oh, like, the goal is that hopefully they care enough about whoever's performing that people will stay later. That's what, like, every business is wanting. Yeah. You know, like, we'll, we'll try and have people stay longer, stay later, spend more money. Um but I think realistically, a lot of the time people will just go. Right. They're like, this was the goal. This was what I came here for. Now I've done it. Now I'm going. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, thanks for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, speaking of, of, of music and grunge granny and everything, where, where can the people find you if they so choose to, rather than you having to consistently reach out? Here's your general... Here's your announcement. This is where we can find you. Find you if you want to. Well, I haven't updated the Lusterfuck pages because there's not an update yet. Like, we don't even have 
a practice scheduled. We were all practicing at a place and then we, um, we stopped because I think that there was a rat problem. Um, but, and well, and not because we care about the rats, but like, because we care about if we leave equipment there, um, don't want something to get damaged. So I think we would need to find a practice space before we could really schedule that. And then of course, like I said, trying to figure out whether or not we should try and get another person in when we do do that, since that will be all rough anyway. So it would be like good timing to do that. Or if we should just not worry about it right now, it's uh, there's the Lusterfuck band page on Facebook and the Lusterfuck Instagram, which is L U S T E R F V C K. I think on Facebook, it might be Lusterfuck with a V instead of a U underscore band, but I'm not sure. Can't remember. And then Grunge Granny is grunge.granny on Instagram and TikTok. It's also on Facebook. Grunge Granny creates on Facebook. But I don't feel like Facebook is the best way to like, I don't know. I don't feel like it facilitates the artist community. (laughs) Um, No, it doesn't. I think that like Instagram and, and TikTok have been better for that. And I've met other artists on those platforms that are just so sweet and so nice and so supportive and we've sent each other's fun stuff and <laughs> we've become pen pals <laughs> and on youtube grunge granny as well but that's if people want to see making things they can they, these young kids can pop on on tiktok and look at stuff all day long i don't understand tiktok but if they're going to use it more power to you great <laughs> you don't like TikTok at all i i don't get it like i i'm starting to slowly understand but i i seriously i keep saying i feel like an old man but i really do because when i first heard about tiktok i'm like i don't know what the hell this thing is and i'm just like i'm so confused you remember vine yeah so it's i know it's kind of like vine but i didn't really understand vine either so i I don't really know it would be like making a facebook status but instead you did it in short form video style yeah and that's what I get confused about because I pop on there and I see, oh, these people are making funny videos. Okay, I get that. But then other people are doing here. I, yeah, I guess it's just, it's it's completely expressing yourself in different ways only instead of through text, it's through video. I get that, but it's, it just still throws me off because my brain wants to be like, it is this. No, but it's this. No, it's all of this. And it just depends on your creativity. And that's what throws me off. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just grumbling and being old about it and going, ah, these damn kids and they're, they're, tic-tacs and tuk-tocs and tuk-tooks and i, I feel like most of the people i follow on there are over 30 so it's just like it's... well there you go then you're, you're it's working out because every time i open it up uh or it will mysteriously the apple open while it's in my pocket and then it starts blurring out something and i'm like what is going on um yeah it's always like some 12 year old and it's like look at my this thing oh. or they're they're dubbing over something and i'm like i don't know what this is and i'm confused by it <laughs> As opposed to like the more you use it, the more the algorithm, you know, adjusts to what you actually want to see. So it's why I see like old people making pottery. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's what I need to do. Make it pull it up more of my speed, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know.